problem with girls. They don't know where the buttons are. I'll find the button if you give me two seconds. Okay, so, uh, but you know, I'm back in town. Where, where are you back from? I've been speaking all over the country. I had a whirlwind this week. It was a whirlwind. Well, they had those all over the southeast, too. Well, yeah, and there was one down there while I was there. There was like a bunch of tornadoes. And stuff. Oh, you had a tornado. Where were you? Atlanta. And oh, yeah. So they had one just west of uh, Savannah. I think one just south of that. I was talking to Mama this morning, who is mm. in, you know, southeast Georgia corner. And uh, and she's like, yeah, apparently one set down on the ground not far from where she was, which would be just to the to the west. But well, yeah. so there was tornadoes in Atlanta um, mm-hmm. and I got out of there before they really all hit. And then I went over to Destin, Florida, where I was speaking for the Rural Broadband Association. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently after my talk, when I went back to my room to take a nap, that's when the tornado warning was at the beach. And I did not even know it. <laughs> Wait a minute. A tornado on the beach. Has that ever happened? I don't know, but there was like, a- is that even possible that you can have a tornado? That's a hurricane. Once it touches the water, I think it's a hurricane or a water spout. I don't know. But um, yeah, so that's how things went on my trip. I how, slept what is going tornado. on with the world, Tracy, that tornadoes are happening on the ocean, on the beach? I don't know. Hmm. But that hmm. but that but that brings us to our because uh, uh, this is our chat. But I can imagine the exfoliating qualities of all that sand blowing around while you're on the beach in your bikini. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's got its benefits as well. Oh, yeah, that's totally good. <laughs> that's crazy. So where else were you? You were Destin. You were in Atlanta. And did you take Marta? You never took Marta, did you? I never took the Marta. Hey, your mic's a little hot. Um, okay. I did not take the Marta. I was very concerned about the traffic in Atlanta. And how yeah. was it once you got immersed in it? It was fine. Really? Well, I mean, we slowed down a little bit, but it was there wasn't like the hour to the airport thing. when it <laughs> Slowing minutes. down in Atlanta on the interstate means you go from 100 to 80. <laughs> well, we went from like 80 to like sort of stopped, but it was fine. OK, in like 20 feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that reminds me of but, Atlanta, too. <laughs> um, you, know, you know what I did do in Atlanta? Is what did you did do? I went to dinner with Jack Barsky. Oh, that's right. And I just saw a CNN interview with him and they were talking about him uh, and Putin. Yeah, he is so busy with all this Ukraine stuff. And we had him on the podcast. Let me find the episode number. It was just a couple episodes back. So I think it was February of this year uh, or March. It was it was before that. It was or yeah, it would be March. So it would be episode 79 on March 30th. So it was really just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. He is slammed do, because he uh, he does not. He does doesn't know Putin, but he knows Putin's old boss. And apparently what he says is that Putin is um, is uh, a it, mid-level analyst. Basically, a, a, mid, when he was, a mid-level yeah. bureaucrat is what he said. And he said, mm-hmm. he, you know, he, he said he thought that for a for a while that he was while he's not like for Russian politics, he thought he was uh, really the best politician in the world because he thought, you know, um, he hasn't been impressed with Trump or uh, the guy in Britain that won't comb his hair or mm-hmm. uh, um, Biden or even Angela Angela Merkel. Um, Merkel. Yeah. Merkel. Angela yeah. Merkel. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, yeah, man, Putin. Putin is he thought he was doing a great job until this whole Ukraine thing went on. And then he's like, nope, just fell from that position. In <laughs> well, you know, Jack Barsky, I think, needs to keep an eye out on where he gets his tea these days and make sure he doesn't find up with something that's 
uh, laced up with polonium well, 29 or whatever what, that stuff we were, is. We were sitting in this restaurant in downtown Atlanta and I'm, he's talking about all this stuff. Like it's no big deal. And, and I'm, t- and he, and I'm talking to this spy in the corner of this restaurant and I'm, and I don't know if I'm going to be poisoned at that point. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, like I'm looking around. Like, now, okay which, which way were you facing in the restaurant and which way was he facing in the restaurant? I was facing towards the, so my back was to a wall. So I was, I felt like I could look around pretty good, but okay. I couldn't see exactly where the food was coming from. Huh? So I, well, so that's one of the things they say in, you know, in the spy novels is that a spy always sits with their back to the, uh, with their back to the wall and, you know, facing the door so they can see mm-hmm. all the action. But of course yeah. those are, you know, fiction books. Oh yeah. Well, I think that's like a common, common knowledge thing. Like just for security is common knowledge, but anyway, um, it's Tracy, and I'm back here with Alex. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're recording. That's right. We're recording, yeah. Hey, thanks um, for having me. We yeah, got so much to talk about today. We have today. a lot to talk about. We have crimes. We have crimes that I'm sure you've committed and some other crimes that there we There was nothing about. ever proven, but you have a brand new addiction that I cannot wait to hear about it. Let's have it. I do. I do. I am addicted to cake decorating videos. <laughs> now, are these the ones on TV or are you actually watching these on TikTok? Uh, the Facebook ones. So they're a little longer than TikTok. So okay. uh, anyway, I don't know. I hope I don't get too addicted because all of a sudden I'm going to find myself baking cakes. <laughs> See, and this is what I was going for. Watch me, watch me pivot with this one. This is what I was going for. And to, you know, those listening, I've been drilling Tracy for the last 10 days about creating an online presence on somewhere like YouTube or TikTok, and just to take her body language analy- uh, analytical skills and to take current events that are happening and to create little snippet videos, you know, two minutes, five minutes, something like that, bite-sized stuff uh, that she can put onto YouTube about, you know, here's the body language of Putin in this interview, and this is what he's saying. So little bite-sized things that are relevant to current events. And she's fighting me on it because she doesn't enjoy doing those. Those are not the right, you know, she's a keynote speaker. She's used to being in front of 2000 people and uh, YouTube is a different forum. But nonetheless, we did talk her into doing uh, a couple of them. She posted them uh, just to see what the reaction was. And then she made one big mistake. A oh, fatal mistake. Yeah, yeah, the fatal mistake. Well, the videos that I did, and I do not enjoy them. They're, they're, I don't feel like I have the right, um, like it takes a little bit of showbiz creativity to do those and do them well in a short format. And I just feel like I don't have the format down. I did one on Deshaun Watson, who had a press conference. Um, mm-hmm. And I did one on, well, of course, you got to do the slap felt around the world with Will Smith and uh chris rock, Christy rock but, right uh chris rock yeah but i did the i did my focus was on jada and how she was feeling at the time uh so anyway you can find those on youtube however um the fatal mistake made i read the comments not only did she read the comments I responded. I thought it was she going good. interacted with the comments. Not going good. So I had to turn the comments <laughs> off because I found out that these people were crazy. Well, and- you just have to understand these people are the people that comment down there. I mean, you get two kinds of comments. You get realistic ones from, you know, reasonable, intelligent people, which are the same people that email us, you know, in our little mailbag. And we'll like get to Nona. that shortly. We love Nona. <laughs> we, uh, yeah. So we get great emails from you guys, but they're, you know, reasonable, competent, sane uh, emails from reasonable, competent 
confident sane people, at least most of them, but the people that are responding to YouTube videos and entering their comments underneath the videos, you know, half of those people will be legitimate people and the other half are going to be trolls, Tracy, trolls. No, there was and their whole purpose is to get was, you wound up and to get you to respond. There was, I was responding as a, like they started out great and then these people just kept going into their little trollness and so anyway i turned the exactly off. you got to leave it alone and but i think you should keep the comments on nah. uh but just ignore them you have to ignore them um yeah I, i'm gonna ignore the whole project of making new videos yeah, they, 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 take, they take way too long for the amount of return that i get i mean i gotta focus on these investigations that i'm working on like i i um i got a couple of them come in today so hmm. i'd rather do those um and get paid for them and paid a lot and do a really good job instead of worrying about whatever will smith or whoever decides to smack someone next is, is well meanwhile doing. you've got quite a few pro, uh, keynotes coming up do you not i do i have a bunch i'm seriously booked for uh like this you year something in dallas great. something in new orleans Dallas, um, yeah so i have in dallas i have the major police chiefs association i'm gonna be speaking major police chiefs major cities police chiefs oh association. okay yeah got yeah, it that's, that's <laughs> Somebody made an association with that name. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I don't know. I guess the little guys don't count. Uh, yeah, I guess not. So um, I'm going to speak uh, to them. And then I have, uh, you know, I got a call today from uh, Nationwide Insurance. Really? Well, what are you doing down in New Orleans? New Orleans, I'm speaking to a bunch of job recruiters. They're like uh, professional uh, corporate recruiters. And, okay. Yeah. So they need to find out if people are really qualified for the jobs they're applying for. <laughs> So well, that's I'm perfect gonna, to have you in there. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be pretty fun. I also have Little Rock. I have um, the Healthcare Managers Association, Healthcare Financial Managers Association. So yeah, I got a bunch of them. It's pretty cool. And somewhere in that equation, you are going to have to find time to go to driving school in your new car. Are you not? Well, um, maybe. My husband has bought himself a sports car he has succumbed to the midlife crisis mm -hmm. and uh this, <laughs> this car is supposed to show up oh it's not in yet it's not in yet because they keep delaying it and he doesn't know if it's built mostly and sitting there waiting for parts or if it's lost on a train somewhere if for all i know we could have seen it in one of these protests where the truckers uh, are stopping everything like oh yeah and, and like oh there's your car <laughs> i love it these people are also protesting high gas prices while driving around in semis of course yeah mm -hmm. so anyway he has gotten invited to this experience. It is a driving experience where you learn how to drive your super fast car extremely aggressively. Now, I don't think he needs any help with aggressive driving. <laughs> I really you know, don't. I don't think they're going to teach him to drive aggressively. I think they're going to teach him to drive aggressively with control. Mm. And that may very well take some of the aggressiveness out. Boy, I don't know. But anyway, so so he's like well do you want to go it's out in charlotte and i said uh sure yeah i'll go he yes goes, you okay. want to go and yes you want to sit in the back seat the entire time <laughs> no oh my god yes I you do and if you could have a microphone on the entire time i would love it <laughs> no so so he um so he checks into it and i go yeah i'm gonna i'll go i'll you know i'll drive no apparently uh -huh. for this for the plus one right you can go and watch for $180. I'm like, I'm not watching anything for $180. I'm not watching my husband learn how to drive worse for $180. And then 
How much does it cost to ride in the back seat? 18. No, no. Come on. No, it's $1,800 <laughs> to drive, to drive. I was like, if I had $1,800, you know what I'd do? I'd buy us a better car. <laughs> <laughs> what would you get? What would I get? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'd probably get uh, I'd probably get a Corvette. I like Corvettes a lot. Hmm. Okay. My only problem with Corvette is you sit so low in that thing that, I mean, you and I being normal sized people would hardly see over the steering wheel. No, I I've driven them before. I like it. It's like your butt scraping the ground. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So good luck with the driving school. And uh, I'm going to renew my push for you to sit in the back seat and just give him random instructions <laughs> at, at given times. Like, okay, slow down for this turn. There's a turn coming, honey, turn. There's a turn coming up here. Watch out for the turn. <laughs> he gets that every day. Every day. Well, there's no reason not to make it realistic for him. Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. So, meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, thank God you're not telling me how to ride my electric bike. I know, man, that thing is that thing is snappy. It's really fun. I got a new electric bike. I just, maybe, you know, maybe you and Matt should you have an electric bike versus car race. I would win for at toys. least the first. Well, until we get to 20 miles an hour and that's where my electricity you know, stops on the bike. It won't go any further. I, you know, it used to top out at 18 miles an hour. I've managed to hack it up to 22 miles an hour. Oh. I haven't been able to get it any further than that. But for those that don't know, so I've been a biker my whole life, like probably since I was age three. Bicycles. Yes. I've been on a bike for pretty much every day since then, yeah, just because yeah. it's something I love and enjoy. And Tracy and I share that. And in fact, that's how we met. But uh, so I've, I've taken my first foray into the e-bike realm, which of course is fraught with controversy, uh, which I'm not buying into that at all. I just wanted to try one for fun. And uh, my thing was that I wanted to get, I didn't want to get one of these big, clunky, heavy bikes that relies entirely on power. I just wanted one with a small motor and a small battery that would provide a little bit of kick. And yet a bike that was still efficient by nature and, you know, in an aggressive position with skinny tires that were fast and whatever. So that's what I ended up getting. The thing was dirt cheap. It was less than a thousand dollars. And it's basically a, a, a conventional road bike with, uh, with flat bars from a mountain bike instead of road bike bars and a small motor that takes it up to 22 miles an hour in a nanosecond. Yeah. And oh my God, that thing is so much it's fun really just for fun. shooting around town. Well, shooting around and, uh, you know, uh, running from the bike cops in town, you could probably outrun them. I could. So mm -hmm. did you hear about the $80,000 bicycle theft from, uh, I forget the name of the organization. I think yes. they were at Wilderness Place, something like that. Yes, I heard about that. Three prototype town. bikes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they like, just caught one of the guys. Yeah, they found it. Like those bikes... These bikes are, were they e-bikes or what were they were like? No, they were, they were top end. Bike. Like one was a triathlon bike. One was mm -hmm. a road bike, uh, but they had prototype drive trains on them. They had a shaft drive instead of a chain drive. Oh, that no chain. Oh my God. Right. So one was, you know, one had a value of, uh, you know, a supposed value of 30,000, another of 40,000, another was like 20,000. Uh, but they were giving it a, an aggregate value of 80,000. I think that math doesn't add up, but, um, Nonetheless, because they were just three prototype bikes that clearly had a lot of interesting stuff on it that you wouldn't normally find. Now, that's going to make it very difficult to get rid of as well. Well, that's the thing. You can't sell those. They're going to pop up. Like, you can't just put it on Craigslist and expect Well, you know what you, you really can't do is you can't go into full cycle in downtown Boulder with one of those bicycles asking for service and having bolt cutters in your backpack sticking out. 
No, is that what they did? That's what they did. The, <gasps> the service tech noticed it. He's like, okay, this is one of those stolen bikes. And here's a guy with bolt cutters sticking out of his backpack. Oh they called the gosh. cops. They brought him in. They ended up, I believe they ended up finding uh, a bunch of other reported stolen, stolen material in uh, in a search warrant for his residence. I may be wrong about that. I may be quoting something oh else. But Well, because I but, yeah. saw that. Was the place they stole it from? It was a developmental place, a design place. It wasn't a bike shop. Yeah, and I forget the name of it. It's, it's one that we would know, but they just mm -hmm. had um. They, they smashed through the front door like it was not a class. Something along those lines. Yeah, thing. I mean it was more of an office, like a like a research office and engineering project center is my guess. I don't think it was a bike uh, shop. Oh well, I'm gonna ask Matt about that because you know he's sponsored by Full Cycle. Okay. Cycle Cross. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh wow i didn't know they found one did they find with the, the bikes bolt or just cutters the hanging out well just the one bike that he went in there with well he'll find they'll find the other ones oh i God. i assume i mean what else are you going to do with those things dummy oh <laughs> well that just proves criminal well, some criminals are smart though so you know well, you know what i was reading about what's that in the wall street journal uh -huh. that's what i read because i'm smarter than the average bear and um wiretapping you know how we hear about wiretapping you know how old wiretapping is i don't it is old it is as old as the telegraph really and the yes. telegraph goes back to what like mid 1800s uh in the 19th century so that's what that would be so yeah. petty crooks and con artists began to take advantage of the nation's new dependence on telegraph communications and it happened like during the civil war here's what they would do they would literally splice the um the telegraph wire and yeah. um either intercept it completely or or um at least be able to tell what it was doing. And you know how they did that? They put the, because it's electrical impulses, right? Just right. Did it, did it, did it, like that. Um, <laughs> they put it on their tongue. That. <laughs> so, so that they could tell. Yeah. And this guy, wiretapper, Confederate wiretapper, George Lightning Ellsworth. That's what they called him, Lightning. This is what he did. This is what he did. And, and they called these guys Lightning Stealers. Right. And so the, uh, some of the crimes that they would do included um, as things, uh, well, obviously like sensitive war information, but as things progressed and the country really began to uh, depend on this, they would do a couple things. One is they would completely cut the wire and and intercept it like almost like at a transfer station kind of situation uh -huh. and they would get the results for horse races and then send it over to the gambling halls and in oh the meantime, so they timed it basically yeah, then they yeah. put in their bet then they mm -hmm. submitted the results that they already knew yeah yeah so they would do that um and they would do stock information like cotton pricing and they would inflate the cotton pricing and then sell all their cotton and then let it go back to normal mm -hmm. and um all sorts of stuff like that, like fascinating. So really this whole wiretapping situation is as old as wires themselves. Like how and crazy is that? Ironically, they don't even need a wiretap anymore because we all carry these devices around with us with tracking beacons and, mm -hmm. uh, and cameras and microphones. Well, there's that, right? That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Not to mention our, you know, multiple Alexas around the house. <laughs> you have a lot. I unplug mine. <laughs> <laughs> which i don't know why i mean what do you think they're going to hear 
don't know. I don't have really much that's sensitive to talk about. But that's the point. Purpose. <laughs> There's purpose. nothing really for them to hear. Well, if they're listening, I'd at least like some feedback on how I'm doing. <laughs> I'm sure they could probably give you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's wrap this one up, I think, because I've got stuff that I need to get back to. Uh, but we've got some interviews coming up, don't we? We have a few interviews coming up that are pretty cool, and I don't know when this is coming out, so they'll they'll either be just before or just after this. But what about um, spy recruiting? You ever thought about that? I, you mean like, am I recruiting spies? Uh, well, I'm I'm sure that you are recruiting spies for some of your purposes. However, uh, the U.S. has a very robust program, and we're going to talk to Robin Dreek about it. So that is that's going to be on either side of this episode, either right before or right after it. Well, that one sounds really cool. You know what I read about in a, uh, well, I didn't read about it. I actually saw a video and it was on the news and it was about the, oh, the name of that. It's a certain drone that we are now giving to, uh, to you, the Ukraine. So oh. like 25,000 of these things, mm-hmm. but it, it's a, it's a drone that you can carry in your backpack. It's small uh-huh. and it looks like one of the predator or Raptor drones or whatever, you know, the big ones that they have uh-huh. that are real planes, but it's, you know, it's bite-sized it's, it's, you can hold it in your hands well, and it drones, is like, a missile a by itself. Oh, oh, it's a missile by itself. It's oh. a missile. It is a kamikaze missile that you fly like a drone and you just fly it into whatever you need to blow up. And it's got a range of like 25 miles. And I'm like, that I'm thinking handy. We should get it's a good thing they don't give that to me. I can see you out in your welding shop making one of those, though. Yeah, and then I might have tested on on your shed in the backyard. See you if could I can hit you it. could do it. <laughs> you could do it. On that note, Tracy and Alex out. 